Let's read together Exodus 24. Here too we feast upon the heavenly bread as we read God's word together. His word is our food and drink. Exodus 24, 1 through 11, page 76. If you turn in your pew Bibles to page 76. Notice how Moses and the elders saw God and ate and drank with him. Exodus 24. Then he said to Moses, the Lord said to Moses, come up to the Lord you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel and worship from afar. Moses alone shall come near to the Lord, but the other shall not come near and the people shall not come up with him. Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the rules and all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. He rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and 12 pillars according to the tribes, 12 tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the people of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins and half of the blood he threw against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do and we will be obedient. And Moses took the blood and threw it on the people and said, behold, the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel went up and they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven for clearness. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They saw God, they beheld God, and ate and drank. Then let's turn to Psalm 27 again. As we did a couple of weeks ago on the first Sunday of the year, Psalm 27, safe space for God's people in all their troubles in the house of the Lord. Psalm 27, page 543, page 543, it's a Psalm of David, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh and my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I've asked of the Lord, and that's what I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. 
Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger, O you who have been my help. Cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Let's turn our attention to verse 8. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. May God bless us by his word. Brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, Psalm 27 is an amazing psalm. David is being eaten up by his enemies. He is in so much trouble and so much distress. He's being so abused and mistreated And you'd think that his soul would be sinking down and he'd be in despair and he'd be giving up. But he's confident. He's joyful. He's singing. And he's saying, I'm not scared. We say, well, how did he get so tough? The answer is he found the secret to his strength. The house of the Lord. He says, in all the rubble of wickedness around me and all the assaults and temptations that lash out at me, all the lions and the bears and the oxen that would eat me up, I have a safe place and I have safe space, the house of the Lord. And as Asaph says in Psalm 73, when I go into the house of the Lord and I inquire in his temple and I hear his word and I see his glory, suddenly life becomes clear to me again. Suddenly hope is restored. Confidence is renewed. I'm comforted, I'm encouraged, and I'm lifted up and now I can see the victory that I have in my God and I can go out and serve the Lord with gladness. And we said two weeks ago, that's why we need the house of the Lord. We can lose our heads in the troubles of this world. Satan's assaults, the world's lies, and our own weak, feeble, faltering hearts. We can lose our way, we can lose our heads, we can lose our confidence. Like Psalm 73, our faith can slip. But when we look at God... And when we take that space and time that he set aside to gather as the people, because now the people are the temple of the living God. That's where we're encouraged. 
But now I want to focus a little bit more narrowly on what does it mean to go into the temple and gaze upon the beauty of the Lord? What does it mean to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord? To see God's face in this safe space. And that's especially the prayer and the desire of verse 8. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. We want to see first God's command, seek my face. And then David's desire, your face, Lord. My heart says, your face, Lord, I seek. And then David's confidence, he will show me his face. God's command, seek my face. You, Lord, have said to me, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. So when David says in verse four, one thing I've asked of the Lord and that's what I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. He's asking from God what God has already commanded him to do, seek my face. David is not barging uninvited and unwelcomed into the courts of the Lord. Our God's a consuming fire. And if you go into his presence unwelcomed as a sinner in the face of a holy God, like Nadab and Abihu, you will be burned to a crisp. You will be consumed. The New Testament, our God's a consuming fire. Be careful how you worship him. And in our modern era, we have this entitlement mentality that worship is our right, our natural right. God has no right to say no, or to turn us away, or to hide his face. David says, one thing I've asked, and that's what I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord, gaze upon his beauty. He is praying on God's command and invitation and welcome. You have said, seek my face. Alas, unworthy of thy boundless love. Our feet have oft from thee our father rove. But now encouraged by thy voice we come, returning sinners to a father's home. Who in his right mind would dare come into the Lord's presence? Really, when you see the wickedness of your life and and the depravity that still lives in you, even as a believer, how could I dare step foot into a sacred presence, to the presence of this consuming fire, if he did not call us and invite us and welcome us? But it's safe space. Because he has. He's provided a way for us to seek his face and to come into his presence and even to eat and drink with him at his table. Isn't that amazing? He put all my unworthiness and all my sin on his son and sent him out in order to bring me in. He hid his face from Jesus so that he can show his face to me. And if you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and you put all your sins on him, 
all your unworthiness, you give it to him who took it for you on the cross, then you may be sure that God says, come and welcome. Seek my face. You can look at me, and instead of being destroyed, you'll be helped like David was helped in the midst of all his needs. It's, it's an amazing grace that we get to gather, and, and as Hebrews 12 says, when we gather... We're actually being lifted up by the Spirit to heaven to worship God in his sacred presence in the throne room of God in heaven. That's amazing. That's shocking. It's even more shocking that God commands it and welcomes it and invites us. What a God. What a gracious God. Again, Hebrews, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. Let's draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. So how about you? Will you hear the command and the invitation given to you through Jesus Christ and say, well, if I look at myself, I can't do it. But when I hear his encouragement and look at his son, that's enough. He's enough for me. Everything that would keep me out is removed, is taken away through Jesus and put on him. And I call on you today, God's people, stop believing in yourself. Because in yourself, you are unworthy of God. You are completely but look to God who's shown his face in Jesus Christ. He's the worthy one and we're accepted in the beloved. And so he says, seek my face. It's interesting that though in verse four, we have the individual one thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Verse eight is plural. You have said, seek my face, and the seek is plural. You all, all my people, seek my face. All my people come to my house and join together in gazing upon the beauty of the Lord. And then David responds individually, my heart says to you, your face I will seek. And that's what we see secondly, David's desire, the desire of his heart is to see God's face. God commands out of all his people, come in the name of Jesus, and he calls each one to say, yes, that's my heart's desire to see God to see his face. And that gets us into a bit of a pickle. I want to see your face. Don't hide your face from me. And yet when Moses wanted to see God's glory, God said to him, no one can see my face and live. And doesn't John say in John 1, no one has ever seen God. 
And Paul says, God dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or ever can see. What are we doing talking about seeing God's face when the Bible says no one has seen nor can see him? And it's true, nobody has or can or ever will see God in all the brightness of his glory. Not even he- not now, not even in heaven. It's too much for us creatures, finite creatures. What we need is the mediated presence of God. We need to see God's face through his mediator. And that's what David's asking for. John says that in John 1, no one has ever seen God, but the only God who's at the Father's side, he has made him known. Oh, so there is a way that God has shown his face to us, an immediate way way that we can handle because of his grace. That's through his mediator, through Jesus. Remember how Philip one time said to to Jesus, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. And do you remember what, do you remember what Jesus said to Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. You wanna see the Father's face, look at Jesus. But David and the Old Testament saints already had Jesus in the Old Covenant so that they could go to the temple, the house of the Lord, and see God's face. They didn't have Jesus yet in the flesh. But think of the ways that they could gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and meet with God. They would get to the temple courts They would put their hands on a lamb and pray their sins onto it. The priest would slaughter it and they could smell in the blood the glory of God's saving love in Jesus Christ. My sins are forgiven. God is a forgiving God. And then the priest would take the coals from that offering, that burnt offering, and bring it into the holy place, into God's presence. They could say, wow, through the blood of the covenant, I have access to the holy God. I'm reconciled. My gods are reconciling God. And then on the way into the temple, there was the lampstand, the seven lights. My God is my light, my lamp. In the darkness, there's always a light shining for me. He always keeps the light on for me, even in the darkest place. Beauty, glory. Don't you want to see his face? And then on the other side is the table of showbread. My God is the feeding God. He feeds me in all of life's circumstances. He's always enough. And then there was the altar of incense. And the coals would put on that and incense would waft into God's most holy place. God's the prayer hearing God. He hears my prayers. And then in the most holy place, the high priest would enter once a year, and there was God's glory. The glory cloud on the throne, the Ark of the Covenant. My God is Emmanuel. He's the God that lives in the camp. He's the God who lives with us. He's present as my Savior. And then the priest would come out, and he would instruct the people. My God is my wisdom. He teaches me the way that I should go. 
So much glory to see, so much of the face of God revealed already in the old covenant. And now in the new covenant, we have so much more. You remember in the old covenant, we read that in Exodus 24, that people could see from a distance, but they had to stand far away, and only Moses and a few others could go closer, and then then Moses had to leave them behind. Only he could go closer yet. But in the new covenant, we're all ushered into the presence of God to see his face. The curtain has been torn open and access to God to eat and drink with him. And we get to see God's face in the songs we sing. We get to see his face in the commandments, in the preaching of the holy gospel. We get to see his face at the Lord's Supper where we meet our forgiving, reconciling, and loving God in the breaking of the bread and the pouring of the cup and the eating and the drinking. Brothers and sisters, we have an awesome God and we get to see him. The question for us is, is that why you came? Is that your one thing, your heart's desire? Do you see that's your greatest need, to see God? In all the troubles of life, all the things that are getting you down, all the things that are putting you in a tailspin, all the things that got you discouraged, do you realize God is the one thing you need. To be in his presence and to see his face is the only thing that's going to get you through and bring you all the way to glory. That really is the key. Maybe you came for a different reason. If you don't, your wife will nag you. If you don't, your husband will look down on you. If you don't, your parents will yell at you. If you don't, people won't think as well of you. So you want to look good a little bit. Or it's just what I do on Sundays. It's just my custom. That's it. It's a routine I go through. It's a ritual. Or are you saying, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord because I want to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and I want to see his face. Lord, I want to see your face. Brothers and sisters, let's worship him that way. Let's come saying, Lord, today I feel so weak, so frail. I need to see your power. Show me your power. Don't hide your face from me. Lord, today I feel so unworthy and I think of where my mind has been, my eyes have been, my life has been this past week, my ears, my mouth. I'm raunchy, Lord. I'm filthy. Forgive me. Today in your house, I want to see your love. I want to see your grace. I want to see your forgiveness. Lord, I'm losing hope. 
We live in a depraved culture, and it seems like evil is getting the upper hand everywhere you turn. Things get from bad to worse. The lies of the culture are getting inside my head. Show me your truth and show me your wisdom. I live in a relationship, Lord, that's a huge struggle. And it's wearing me down. Show me your kindness as I live in a harsh life. I need to see your kindness, Lord, just to keep going. Whatever it is, the face of God meets every need, is satisfying for every problem, every issue in your life. He is everything. He's got everything for you. And he's given that to us in the Lord Jesus Christ who died and rose to bring us to victory. And that's what we see, lastly, David's confidence. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, I will seek your face. Is David confident that God will actually show your face? He says in the next verse, don't hide your face from me. Yes, he is confident. Because he says, even if my father and my mother forsake me, my closest family members, you're closer yet. You won't. You're still with me. But you especially see that in verse 13. I believe that I shall see or look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You're going to show yourself to me. I'm going to see you, God. In the midst of all my sadness and suffering and sickness, I'm going to see you, and you're going to take away my fear, and you're going to take away my worry and my discouragement and my hopelessness, and you're going to give me a song so I can offer you shouts of joy. And you're going to show me the victory that I have in Christ that no matter what happens to me or what my enemies do, the land of the living is my inheritance. I need to see that, Lord, and you're going to show me that. You've promised that to me in your word. And for us in the new covenant, you've proved that to me in the Lord Jesus Christ who died in our curse and rose again and went to heaven to bring us into the ultimate blessing. And so when he says, I believe that I will see the goodness of of the Lord in the land of the living, he's talking about, yeah, the land of the living here, I'll see your goodness here, but above all in the future, in the land of the resurrection, we shall come before him. Having gone from strength to strength, until each one appears before God in glory. It's seeing the face of God, brothers and sisters, that's gonna keep you going through the hardships of life and get you there. Seeing the face of God in Jesus Christ. That's why we need Sabbath. That's why we need the house of the Lord. That's why we need to gaze upon his beauty. And then Revelation 22, John says, the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, And his servants will serve him, and they will see his face. 
that's where it's all going. They will see his face. When you go through the waters here, I will be with you. They will not sweep over you. When you go through the fire, I'll be with you. They will not burn you. Here, I'll lift you up above your enemies. But there in the land of the living, the land of glory, there will be no more enemies. There will be no more sorrow, only joy. No more struggles, only beauty. No more conflict, only communion. No more suffering, only the sight of God and singing. Amen. Father in heaven, we praise you for giving to us the sight of you. That's what keeps us going. That's the one thing we need to serve the Lord with gladness. The one thing we need not to lose our way, not to get swept over by the rivers and burnt by the fires, to stand on our feet again and to go forward in faith. That's what we need, the sight of you. And that's what you've given to us in word and sacrament, the sight of you. Give us eyes to see you. Hearts and minds that want you, that thirst for you. Feed us today. We remember your promise. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled. Amen.